Welcome to the Lead in Davis podcast. Put a lid on it. And our guests today are Joe Richens, Aaron Stumo, and Melissa Wolfer, all extraordinary educators and administrators. Say hi, Joe. Hello. Say hi, Aaron. Hello. Say hi, Melissa. I really want to say hi, Melissa, but okay. hi. That would be hilarious <laughs> if we were to. Okay, we are going to begin participating in what's called the Lead in Davis questionnaire. And it has been carefully and scientifically orchestrated to get at who you really are. Are you willing to reveal your souls to the universe? That's the question. Absolutely. Always. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll start with you, Joe. Okay. I, I'm just going to jump around. We're, you're all answering all the questions, though. Joe, if you had to choose one song that would play every time you walk into a room for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, was this part of the survey? Mm, Can mm-hmm. oh that's like I don't remember my just answer. answer the question, John. <laughs> um, here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Aaron, beautiful. I like that Macklemore song. I think it's like the ceiling can't hold us. Oh, yeah, the ceiling can't hold us. It's oh like yeah, really, a little yeah, pump up one. music. Yes, Melissa. I'm gonna need a remix of Fergalicious and Jesse's Girl. Oh yeah, I'm trying to imagine that. I was, a, I was, as a 12-year-old, I was a bit of a Rick Springfield fan, like the original Jesse's Girl. Okay. Uh, we're not going to talk about that too much. Okay. Uh, Aaron, your favorite Christmas or birthday gift as a child? I got an easel, an art easel with all these, like, markers and just lots of paper, so you never had to go get more paper, and I just loved it. it was Did best. you become a bit of an artist? I was until, like, high school. Okay. Yeah. We can dig into that later. Joe? I got a stereo. Like the How big stereos. How old were you? Like 13, 14. I thought it was a big deal. Okay. Like a boom box or like a like stereo? Like a stereo, you know, okay, like they nice. were this tall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big deal. Melissa? I got the whole Western Barbie set up with the horse and the can and the Barbie. And if you pushed her back, she winked. Oh, wow. Goodness. That's Look it that's up. Cool. That's I great. did not know was <laughs> Okay. Melissa? If you could have dinner with anyone from any time in history who is not a relative or a religious figure, who would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Dan Linford and Rick Springfield. (laughs) Rick Springfield would be awesome. He could tell some stories. Okay. Aaron? Man, I don't know. I like to eat, and I like a lot of people. Um, I would really like to sit down with Jimmy Cassis. He's like an educational guy, and I love him. And he, yeah, he's yeah, cool. yeah, he's full like of energy. Him. He's okay. pretty cute. Yeah, um, I would say Abraham Lincoln, just because as a former history teacher, I think that would be amazing, and his love for the country. Oh yeah, awesome. That'd I mean, be amazing. He's no Jimmy Cassis, but he's <laughs> 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 or Rick Springfield for that. Okay, no, no, I want Abe. and that's why I took out religious figures so people can't just, you know, just kill everyone with. Oh, I guess. Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, Joe, back to you. Hamburgers or pizza? Hamburgers all day long with cheese on top. Aaron? Pizza with ranch. Melissa? Hamburger, I guess, on my pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I can't choose. That's that's me. I like them both. I like a good pizza. I order it without slices, and I roll it up like a burrito. And I I (laughs) obviously I ate a hamburger for breakfast, so that's... Right. Okay. Uh, Aaron, what advice would you give and you're all gonna have a little bit different version of this what advice would you give your 12 year old self um i would say that it gets better if you just keep trying okay joe what advice would you give to your 16 year old self well that's a loaded question um (laughs) 
work harder in high school and take it more serious. Melissa, what advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? I would tell her not to take it all too seriously. Oh, if only we would have listened to, right? Okay, Melissa, if you weren't an educator, what would you be? I would be a scientist of some kind and work in a lab. Awesome. Love it. Aaron? I think I'd be some kind of a coach, like probably a hockey coach or a lacrosse coach. Hockey, good old-fashioned hockey. Oh, did I do yeah. it? Yeah, it's Midwest. Yeah, Sorry. Lay it on us. Can you say good old fashioned hockey? Good old fashioned. But I'm gonna, it would be a bigger O. Okay. Like hockey. 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 Okay. Uh, Joe? I'd be a social worker. Social worker. I think you basically are a social worker. Okay. <laughs> Joe, your house is on fire. Everyone is safe, and you have the opportunity to save one item. What would it be? My son's photo books from when he was little. Nice. Melissa? Well, now I'm lame because I'd save my shoes. Your shoes. <laughs> All <of> my shoes. <laughs> How many shoes do you Would own? you need a wheelbarrow to get off your shoes? More than 500. That's a lot of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of shoes. <laughs> I have more than 100 pairs of Nike sneakers. Oh, Seriously? <laughs> That's amazing. People collect stuff. At least yours are practical. Wow. Right. Sort of. Aaron? All right. Are we assuming that we just have our phone in our pocket? Yeah. Okay, because that's all my kids' pictures. I know. Then I would take, um, I've got this little green key dish thing that was my grandpa's, and that was what I kept, like, from his house. And so I would just keep that little dish. A sentimental artifact. Excellent. Shoes can be sentimental. Yeah. They can be. They can be. I love all 500 equally, yes. Okay, Aaron, if you could travel back in time to one day in your life, would you go back to relive a great day or Ooh. to fix a bad day? I would go back and make a great day a little bit better. Do you want me to elaborate? Or, okay, good. <laughs> no. Joe? I'd make a great day better. Well, that's just what Aaron just said. Well, I liked it. Okay. Melissa? I'd fix a bad day. Yeah. I do, I do think it's interesting, and I, I promise not to comment on these too much. I do think it's interesting the the more veteran I get, the 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 older I get, um, I look back and would like to fix some some bad days, and and not so much like oh that was a bummer of a day, which was fun. It's more like if I hurt somebody else, if there's something I could fix, just that word I would have said that differently or whatever. Mostly like in elementary school, I'd go back and just be <laughs> nicer to everyone, right? Okay, question number nine, and these last two questions get at Lee and Davis and why we are participating, what our interests are as educators and, and leaders in education. So, Melissa, what would you change about public education? I would change the one-size-fits-all nature of public education. I think we're trying to do that now and moving towards that, but I would, I would change it so it really is truly student-driven, so each student could get what they need, when they need it, how they need it, for the reasons they need it. That's beautiful. How to be. We need AI, don't we? Aaron? Um, pretty much the same as Melissa. I just want to make it so much more relevant and hands-on and so much less kids just sitting and staring and being bored and then becoming behavior issues and leading to all these other things. I think if, the, if we took the time to personalize it and set it up a little bit differently, kind of broke the structure that we would have so much more success. 
Joe? I agree with both Melissa and Aaron. I love the personalization and meeting kids where they are and just making sure they all feel like they belong. Okay. Our, our last question in this, in, in the Lead and Davis questionnaire, Joe, what would you change about yourself? I wouldn't be such a spaz all the time. And um, like just in education, like my own or you, what I'd change. Decide. But this is, you know. I'd have teachers buy in and be happy where they are. Mm. Excellent. Aaron? I'm still trying to process that, Joe. Uh, yeah. What would you change about yourself? I know. Sorry. I would force others to change. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would get better at having challenging conversations with teachers. Also? I'd make my bubble a little smaller. I have a really big bubble, and I'd contract it in so that people didn't feel so much on the outside. Let more people in. Okay. Excellent. Let's jump into some thoughts about our Lead in Davis Academy and some of the experiences that we've had so far. One of the things that we asked about uh, were the experiences, the activities that stuck out the most. I'm not sure that this group of people answered that really. Uh, I gave two examples. I said, like the egg drop, for example, the egg drop or virtual goggles. Aaron said virtual goggles. Joe said egg drop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we're well right. original. So, so we're going to talk to Melissa about Maybe what Maybe they said. thought it was just an either or <laughs> question. Those are your two options. Those are great uh, ideas. Right. Okay. So, Melissa, you mentioned the duty to develop lesson where we processed our mistakes with a district leader. Do you remember that activity? You processed a yes. mistake. Talk about that. What Remind us what that was and why, why that was valuable to you. So we basically, um, I was with Dr. Toon and an elementary person, and we basically had to lay our skeletons on the table or chose to. We're in, a, in such a safe environment that we could really own up to a time that we screwed up or we made a big mistake and then what we learned from that and how it helped us grow as a leader. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes, but virtual goggles. <laughs> <laughs> the virtual goggles were really cool, and it was very exciting, collaborative. Loved it. I thought about, it had good implications for the classroom. I couldn't make mine work. That's probably why it wasn't memorable. I Our loved it. I loved that one, too. Because it was CPR, right? right? Yes. I loved the egg drop because... I was with Percy, and I can't remember who else I was with, and I started, like, doing the project. I'm like, Joe, it's okay to step back and let someone else do it because I watched Percy, the math guy, in his brain just go, this is what we need to do. And if I remember correctly, Aaron's broke and ours didn't. Thanks for that, Joe. I was trying to block that out. So I didn't write I dropped for my favorite activity. (laughs) Didn't make her favorites list because of that. Aaron, you you mentioned when we asked about an attribute expert or a keynote speaker, you mentioned Jim quickly. Um, He had a big impact. Talk to us about about Jim. He just had the most amazing life lessons, and he's had the opportunity to interact with so many influential people. And I love how, and it really doesn't even matter who the person is, you know, it's evident in that book that he shared with us, the Takeaways book, that he can just pull some kind of a lesson out of every experience. And that was so valuable. And um, I was just impl- impressed by his discipline, and I'm always interested to see how we can glean things from people in business and apply it to education, and just thought he was great. He's not too flashy either. No. Right? no. Down no. to earth. But also, do you remember how much food we got that night? 
was that part of it? It was really a nice meal. Just a ton of food. <laughs> oh, Jim, when my stomach was full and you were talking about whatever <laughs> while I was eating a whole bunch of food. Um, I do like that I asked Joe that same question in the survey. The question was, who is the most impactful attribute leader or keynote? And Joe wrote, vision. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's <laughs> This is the part of the podcast where I make fun of your answers on the survey. <laughs> if only we'd known. Apparently, I so read that wrong. Um, I thought it was like, what's your favorite attribute? And yeah. so I put vision. Well, what's interesting is question number three was, and you wrote, vision. <laughs> <laughs> well, what could I say? I must have been hyper. Um I really like the last guy, the jazz president, oh, Randy. Randy. And what I what really stood out for me with him was he said, you just you just got to practice on your own. And it's like we can attend all these trainings and all these conferences. But at the same time, I need to do my own thing. I need to do the reading on my time. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not practicing enough. I got to, you know, and I can't rely on just the district to give it to us. I got to get it from for myself in my on my own time. So. Awesome. So vision. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, vision. Um, That's so and uh, Melissa, and we can kind of jump in here. Uh, you mentioned uh, Dr. Susan Madsen. Um, I thought that was a great night. There was a lot of energy and um Talk to us about Dr. Madsen. I'm really fascinated by her work with women in leadership. I think sometimes women are stereotyped or we stereotype ourselves, and she's done a really good job of opening the research so that sometimes we buy into things we shouldn't buy into and believe what we're told, and sometimes we present what causes those stereotypes to exist. So I, I think it's women in leadership is a fascinating topic. What does that what does that look like? I mean you, I see you nodding your heads. Uh, what are examples of that? Everybody. Well I love the class that she's gonna offer up at the U is specifically about women in leadership and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I could do this and I thought that looks so interesting. And I think just women in general breaking into administration is still a relatively new thing. So. Especially at the secondary level. Yeah, right. Exactly. And we have to shift from societal expectations of what a woman typically should be or has been mm -hmm. and take on a different role within a school. And that's a that's a change. And not everybody appreciates it. Yeah. Well, and there was a time when I had heard, as I was getting into admin, and I got in a little bit early, there was a time when people talked about it's, it's just women don't apply to be secondary administrators, particularly at the high school um, because of the time. And I think it goes back to what you said. And what I love about Susan is she wears both hats really strong and well, right? She, she speaks equally passionately about her, her family and church and other things. Uh, it's just interesting. She wears them both well, like they are not in conflict at all. Right. Yes, Dan. <laughs> Agreed. That is correct, Dan. Thank, Thank you for you. articulating how Great we feel. Great insight. Yeah. Okay. Melissa, one of the things that you mentioned, and I'd like this to be kind of a jumping off point for us, but one of the things that, that you feel like you focused on and, and improved and, and, and thought about, it was your connection to other leaders and your confidence in your role. It goes back to my bubble, right? I've had a really big bubble. And one thing the Lead in Davis experience gave is the opportunity to actually get to know other leaders more than just for monthly leadership like we spent extended period of time, periods of time together sometimes, and 
were able to listen to other ideas from other schools in a more informal setting. I do love that. I feel like it made such a community for everybody in leadership, which is so necessary because it can be really isolating, right? right? You can't vent with people, necessarily your teachers, in the same way that you commun- communicate with other leaders who are in similar situations. And right. that's great. And I felt like it brought a lot to the table because it just wasn't secondary administrators. Right. It right. was elementary. And it's like, oh my gosh, they're going through the same things we are, but right. a little bit different. Yeah. But it was amazing. I love that part of it. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about the people who you you mentioned as examples in your own lives of as leaders in different attribute areas. Melissa, you mentioned less good, and I don't know I don't know who less good is. Although less less is that you? Does that does that sound familiar? Yeah. Less good, okay. Yeah. Um, less good. I looked up less good, and less good is a like a famous South African guitarist. That's all I could find. Who's less good? So, less good was the advanced math and science teacher at Manti High School, my alma mater. Sweet. <laughs> Coincidentally, he named his son Dan so he could be Dan Good. And no. if you say it really fast, it sounds more awesome. Because <laughs> he was less good. Right. He was less good. Son was Dan Good. <laughs> he, because I mentioned I took things pretty seriously. Yeah. Like, and I probably wouldn't do this to one of my students, But he had such confidence in my ability to succeed in the STEM areas that he encouraged me to take every class that he offered and then go to the college and take additional advanced math classes and science classes and built such a relationship with me that I one time, one time got an answer wrong and he could say to me, wrong, I've been waiting three years to say that to you, <laughs> and helped me not take it so seriously. Awesome. Aaron, you mentioned another person, I don't know, Ed Loisel? Loisel? <laughs> Ed Loisel, Mr. Loisel. Okay, same kind, of a, same kind of a thing to talk about. Yeah, that. he was just amazing. He was the guys' varsity hockey coach, but he also coached youth hockey, and he was this big, burly guy who would just scream at you, even when you were like six and just learning how to skate. He was kind of terrifying. Um, and similarly in the classroom, he had that same kind of passion. He was the humanities teacher standing on his desk, like talking to you about the Greeks, and it was so cool. And he always expected more. One time I know I turned in a piece of paper and I just grabbed it on my backpack and it was wrinkled. My maiden name was Inger. And he was like, Inger, what is this? Don't give me this. Only turn in something you're proud of. And he like threw it back to me and put a zero in the grade book. And I had to like, you know, redo it because I didn't take pride. He was really big on pride. Anyway, he was awesome. I'm not going to have you talk about who you mentioned, Joe, but who's the teacher in life that is your, who's your Ed Loisel or less good (laughs) or his daughter pretty good? Well, you see what I wrote. Yeah, we're not going to talk about him. I'm just kidding. We can. Um, did I talk about a person? Yeah, you did. Was it Jason? Yeah. Oh, I must have just been feeling he stuff was probably, out. He was probably <laughs> just in your ear when you were taking the survey. <laughs> um, if you look at my next question where it says, who was that one teacher? I just threw Jason in there because I really don't. Jason Smith, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about Jason Smith. <laughs> I really don't think I ever had that one person that said, this is what you should do or take pride in your work or you can do things. And that's why I've always wanted to be that person for someone else because I can't think of anyone that, yeah, I just made up Jason. 
I was going to put vision, but I had already done that yeah, twice. Yeah, <laughs> vision. Well, then I thought, oh, I could put Dan, but I thought, well, that'll be weird, and so I left you off. I don't think it would have been weird. <laughs> it would have been awesome. Okay, and I think, Joe, I think you've done that. I think that defines you pretty well. You are you are that person for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, not that not that we're necessarily wrapping up, wrapping up, but I, I would like to, to ask the let's put a lid on it podcast final question and talk about this for a minute in one sentence. And we're going to start with you, Aaron. In one sentence, this is very similar to question number nine, but it's different. And this is the nuance. What are you going to change in education starting tomorrow? More project based learning opportunities for my students. Melissa. More intervention opportunities, more intervention strategies for my teachers and the adults in the building to connect with my students. Personalization and the fact that all kids can truly learn and we need to meet them where they are. Okay. What does that look like? Let's get into the nitty gritty of that. What is that? What are these improvements? What's the step we can take tomorrow? I would say mine's looking at the data where every kid, like, looking at your incoming 10th graders, 7th graders and saying, okay, this kid is struggling reading and what can we do tomorrow to help him? That kind of stuff is what I look at. Are we talking nitty gritty for personalization? Yeah. What that would look like? Maybe, yeah. Okay. I think that it would start more, and we're kind of doing this, but teacher mindset to help teachers understand that not just that every kid can learn, but that every kid can learn in a different way and it's still... Yes counts right it still means the same thing regardless of how they show it to you or when they show it to you or how many practice assignments they did to get to that point exactly and i think that they can demonstrate it in different ways like just because they can't get a hundred percent on a test or they can't build a beautiful diorama or they can't fill out the crossword puzzle or whatever it is that we have decided demonstrates learning. We have to open our toolkit and let them show us how they can show us. Regardless of the way. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know how many times in my adult life I've taken a quiz to show that I know something. Right. I, I don't know how many times my, I've filled in a bubble sheet to show that I know something, or even written an essay for that matter to show that I know something. Right. So getting back at, at, to the authentic measurements, but that's clumsy and authentic measuring. It takes a lot more work. Um, so there's no question why we test the way we do and we assess the way we do because we're we have a, a lot of kids and we got it. We have to do it, and so we have to do it in some kind of an efficient way. So that's the challenge. We're drowning and I'm describing the water, but what, you know. Yeah, but you can work on a normal curve for, you know, 75, 60, 75, 80% of your population. That does work. And personalization then comes to meet the students that it doesn't work for where they are. And structuring your traditional classroom differently creates so much more opportunity and time to give feedback and teach in different ways, right? If we break away from that just like delivering mindset and we have different kinds of things in place where kids are driving their own instruction, the teacher becomes more of a facilitator and less of a, I don't know, driver. And so the students are the drivers and that it it creates more time and more opportunities for kids to do what we want them to do. If we stick with what we're doing and then try to throw in personalization, it gets really hard and cramped and busy. And I think that's when we see that overwhelm. 
sometimes we're scared to let students be the driver because we're not sure where they're going to end up. 100%. You're right. And that's where we need to change the mindset. It's right. okay to let them drive and get there however they get there. Or get somewhere else. Yes. And it's okay. And it's okay. It's probably better. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, I want to thank our guests, Joe Richens, Aaron Stumo, and Melissa Wolfer for joining us today on the Lead in Davis podcast. And I think we are going to put a lid on it. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.